John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come, and you will see. Jesus extended an invitation to them. Come, and you will see. An invitation far more than just come to see where I'm staying, but come and see who I am. Come and worship me. And church, that's why we're here today, amen? Amen. Because he invited us, and we have seen, and we can't help but to praise and exalt his name. And so thank you for being here. Take a moment and welcome those around you. All right, you may return to your seats and you may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Northside Baptist Church. We're so thankful that you are here to worship with us. You'll go ahead and and return to your seats. Well, good morning. Thank you for being here with us. If this is your first time with us, we are thrilled uh, to have you here. If this is your first time, we would appreciate if you would let us know that. There's one of two ways you can do that. You can fill out uh, uh, an actual card out in the the foyer area, or there's a little QR code that you can scan and fill out some information about yourself online. We just want you to know that we're thankful that you're here. Uh, We've been praying for you, and we just want to encourage you and pray for you um, any way that we possibly can. Let me go ahead and make some announcements now. I know it's more likely that you'll forget them by the end of the service, but whenever we have the Lord's Supper at the end of the service, I don't like to come back up here and then give a lot of announcements. So please pay attention in your bulletin. We got a ministry team uh, meeting this afternoon. If you say, hey, does that include me? We've had two of these before. So if you've been to one before, then yes, that is you. And if you've not been to one, then that's probably not you and you don't have to worry about it. But um, I did, uh, Kim sent out an email. So if you got an email, uh, that is you. Um, There's a lot of things that we need you to sign up for. If you are interested, we're going to serve at Bridging the Gap. We need you to sign up for that. Uh, There's a youth barbecue fundraiser. You'll get more information as that comes forward, but that's a fundraiser for the kids that are going to to camp, and you'll be able to just purchase a plate. It's a donation, whatever the Lord lays upon your heart. Um, You've had the barbecue. It is Mr. David Mazin's barbecue, and so you do not want to miss that. Um, It's incredible. Um, So we need you to sign up for that. If you are interested in a summer uh, Ecuador mission trip to work with the Yanceys, we need you to 
for that. You're not committing, but we're going to have an information meeting. And if you are interested at all, please sign up um, and you'll get more information about that. A couple other things that are important. Um, our IF gathering is coming up March 3rd and 4th. You are able, ladies, to purchase tickets today. Um, and so they will be out there, and you can purchase tickets and fill out the registration form and all that good stuff right after the service. And also just want to remind you um, that in two weeks, um, we'll be having a celebration for Curtis and Ann for 20 years of ministry here at Northside. Curtis said last week he wants 20 more years, so in 20 years that'll make you 65, right? Is that, there we go. So, um, so he's a spring chicken over there, he and, he and Ann. So um, we just want to encourage you to come. We're going to have lunch, and there'll be a box for you when you come just to put in some stuff for them, just to shower them with your love. Um, and uh, they've got some favorite places they like to eat, and so if you, just, if you want to know where... You'll see them there sometimes throughout the week. I ran into Curtis not too long ago at one of those establishments. So um, we just want to shower them with love and, and uh, just appreciation for the incredible job that they have done. You know, music is powerful. Music moves us. It's an opportunity for us to worship the Lord in that. And uh, they've been faithful uh, for 20 years here to lead us in worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, this morning is going to be a little bit different. It is not very often that I voluntarily give up the pulpit. Uh, usually it's when I'm out of town um, or somebody else is preaching, but very rarely do I give up the pulpit and there is no message preached from the pulpit. But this morning, we're going to have a focus on missions. On the front of your bulletin, you see the big word, go. It's G-O, you see the globe there, Go. This month in January, we've had six different people, seven, that went on, on mission trips, and you're going to hear from several of them today, some of them students and then the adults that went um, to Ecuador. And so we're going to do that in just a moment. I had multiple people last week ask me, okay, Pastor, you finished Ephesians, where are you going next? And so next week, it's winter break, our family will be gone Pastor Gary is going to be preaching, you said out of Genesis 22, is that correct? Genesis 22. Um, when I get back, we're going to spend a couple weeks thinking about what is our mission. What are we called to do? That's going to be the first week. And then the second week is what's that going to look like at Northside? Just a reminder so we're all on the same page, what is God calling us to? After that, we're going to spend seven weeks looking at salvation, redemption, all the words that end in I-O-N, justification, sanctification, glorification, adoption, uh, conversion, regeneration. We talk about salvation. We use big fancy words that maybe we know, but lost people don't have a clue what any of that stuff means. But every single one of those is significant. It's life-changing. And so what does that look like? And then after that, that'll get us through Easter. Then we're going to spend the last part of April, May, into the summer um, in, in the book of Esther. I preached through the book of Esther. I was actually preaching through Esther when the search committee here, um, the Lord brought us together. And so many of them have heard, some others have heard the sermons. Um, what I found is when I re-preach something, I did this with Ephesians. When I preach it a second time, it's almost completely different than the first time. I go back and I re-study everything. But Esther is one of the, my favorite sermon series I've ever done. 
It's a book that we know some about, maybe we know a lot about, but the significance of it in our lives, Old Testament, um, so we'll be doing that, and that'll get us through the summer, so that's where we're going. But this morning, this morning we're going to talk about the importance of missions. We talk about as a church, we need to be disciples who go make disciples. And we're going to do that at Northside, and we're going to unpack this in a couple weeks. We talk about this by we want everybody to believe in Jesus Christ. We want everybody to belong, to belong to the church. We want everybody to become more like Jesus. And the last word that we used is blessed, but I'm changing that word to beyond because it starts with a B-E, like the rest of the words, beyond. And it's going to be over and over and over, we are reminded that we must go beyond these walls. We gather to be encouraged and strengthened and pray together together. But it doesn't stop here. We have to go beyond. And so this month, we had many people, multiple people, go beyond these walls. All six that are going to share today went beyond the borders of our country into other countries to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have two students who are going to go first, and then we're going to sing some more. So Grayson is going to come first, and then Rebecca is going to follow Grayson. Would you welcome Grayson? Hello. <laughs> um, for those who do not know me, my name is Grayson, and about a month ago, I was handing keys over to two wonderful families that we just built houses for. Um, but before we get into that, I want to start off for, by saying thank you to all of those who prayed for me and donated money to allow me to go on this trip. Um, but, so like I said, a little bit a month ago, I was in Costa Rica. We started building a house on Monday, and we had finished it by Thursday and given the keys to these two families. Um, so we went with Joshua Expedition. They had already set up a church there and chosen two families. And they do this about twice a year, building houses for two families twice a year. So that's four families a year. Um, but they... So they choose these families, and then we come in, build the houses, and then hand them the keys. But something that really impacted me was not just building the houses, but seeing the surrounding people and the kids. Like, we had six- and seven-year-olds on a roof hammering nails in to a piece of tin. Um, that was scary, but also it, it was like it, it changed me a little bit seeing that these kids aren't gaining from this house, but they're still willing to quite literally put their lives in danger to put a nail into a tin for another family. Um, I, that's something that I would love to like, make that a part of my character of just the selfless love that Jesus shows to us, but also that these kids show to this family and to my group. Um, so I showed up expecting to affect this family not really like hearing from the our leader I didn't really expect to see a lot of kids there were a lot of kids <laughs> we were we had two so we had two groups and we broke those groups up into two we had like 12 girls just dedicated to playing with these kids in the street and then we had another 12 people inside building this house and we just kind of switch every so often um i also learned that i'm not good at soccer that's I got showed up by a six-year-old wearing Lightning McQueen Crocs. That was, that hurt a little bit. <laughs> um, 
but the kids they they were just so joyful to see us they didn't know us um but they still loved on us and we loved on them it was a wonderful experience and changed a lot of people in the group um we we saw um like within our group we saw people set aside their differences we had lots of like different kinds of people we had seniors we had freshmen we we had leaders who of parents and one leader who didn't even have a kid going with us on this trip but she still showed up and loved our group like we were her kids um that was that was much appreciated and it it affected a lot of us as we saw that we had two people give their lives to Christ just amongst our groups and then a lot of tears were shed handing the keys over and saying goodbye to that family that we had spent the week getting to know and loving and them loving us that that shed a lot of tears <laughs> um we one thing that was very difficult was working with all these different kinds of people and then also working with the construction workers who did not speak English. Lots of pointing and head nodding. That's, that's how we built this house, was with points and head nods. Um, we saw our group showed up expecting to see God move, which made it impossible to not see him move. So every little thing that God did was shown in big ways amongst our group and amongst the kids there. We were able to kind of throw together like a Bible study every day with these kids around lunch. And I think we had two or three kids give their lives to Christ. So that was, that was really awesome to see that. That was my Costa Rica trip. Um, so I'm Rebecca, for those who do not know me, but um, about a month ago, same week as Grayson, I went to Puerto Rico. Um, so basically what I did in Puerto Rico is I, we went to this camp, um, sort of like a camp slash house for this family, and they would um, host every so often um, kids at this camp, like they could spend the night and they would learn. And it was uh, such a great experience for me. I so what we did is we basically cleaned up and completely transformed this camp from what it was to what it is now. Um, so the main guy over this camp, his name was um, Julio, and he did not know any English at all. And it was, it was quite a great experience just trying to figure out what he wanted us to do. And it was like the same, a lot of head nods and pointing. And, um, but... Before we got started, he did bring to us a message entirely in Spanish. We had a translator um, that was a part of the home, so she knew English, but she didn't know it well, and so it was, it was, it was a hard, it was hard to understand. But what I did get out of what he was trying to say is that um, everything we do, everything that we, um, the opportunity that we get to spread the gospel and stuff, um, it is just something that that we are dependent on Jesus with and that we need Jesus in everything that we do and just getting to spread the gospel and really clean up this camp is something that is very important because it will bring the gospel to a lot of kids in Puerto Rico. Um, but while we were there, we did my part. I did a lot of painting and cleaning of windows 
Um, so these windows were like barred windows, and what we did is we completely um, got paint off the windows and then we repainted them. Um, and then one task I was given was this humongous barred door in the middle of the hallway, and I completely took all the paint off and repainted it. And that was that was quite a fun experience, um, getting to really paint and then constantly having to get out of the way because that was like the main hallway. And so it was, it took quite a while, but once it was done, it made the room a lot brighter. And it reminded me that a lot of kids that are coming are gonna be using this door to get to the room and come out. And so it's good that it got painted because now it's something that people are able to use in a more efficient way. So that's what I got out of it. And then um, another thing we did to kind of like start our day and get going was that we sang these songs that um, Julio, the main guy, taught us, but all in Spanish, so fast. So I had no idea what we were singing about, but we were singing and it was, it was super fun. I laughed a lot doing that and um, it was, it was just very fun and just also I just loved hanging out with all the people that were there. I didn't know a lot of people. I didn't know them as well as like most of my friends at school. Um, so it was just fun getting to bond and like make connections with all the people there. And it was, it was like such just a new, it was just, I don't know, it was just so amazing just getting to really hang out with people and like spread the gospel and do mission work with um, people who also enjoy doing that. And um, just kind of a last thing is that the transformation from what the house and the camp was to what it is now. So we there was groups completely mowing every single lawn, uh, groups that were weeding all over the lawn and then down a hill. There were groups that we, um, took paint off the fence, this big metal fence, and then we repainted the fence, cleaned all the inside of the house and painted, completely reorganized this camp to where it was like, it looked like a brand new camp. It was it was just great to see how God worked through us and how, how much we got done to where they weren't, that family was not gonna have to do anything themselves. They were able to get it all done because like the next two weeks they're about to have kids come and share the gospel. So it was such a good experience to come and really, redo the entire camp. So this trip was very, was a very, I'm just so thankful for just getting the opportunity to go on this trip. So it was very eye-opening and I learned a lot. Like one thing I wasn't expecting was being able to learn. I thought I was gonna go there and teach or go there and help, but what I got out of it was a lot of learning from even the people who knew no English. I learned a lot from them and then, um, just being able to take that back with me was awesome. And so, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody who prayed for me or um, donated anything. And just, uh, this was one of the best experiences I've ever had. So thank you guys. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we so enjoyed hearing those two testimonies of the work that you did in Costa Rica and Puerto Rico, Lord. Lord, who would have, who would have thought many years ago, um, 
for Rebecca's parents, for Grayson's parents, Lord, that their kids would be going on mission for you. And Lord, we pray for uh, each young child here, and no matter how old, how old they are, Lord, that they would be urged to go, to be urged to go when it comes to the work that they have and to go beyond. So I pray you would bless, continue to bless the work that they began, um, bless the tes- testimony that they gave here today, that it would just encourage all of us, Lord, all the more to go for the glory of your name and for the sake of Christ Jesus. Pray, amen.
Amen. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? Amen. All right, at this time, our younger age kiddos are going to make their way to Children's Church. Our older group are going to stay in here. Um, so in 2020, uh, by God's grace and through this, this region of Georgia Baptist churches that partner together, begin to develop a relationship with Johnny and Donna Most, who are IMB missionaries that we support through um, our, our Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong giving. And so we begin that partnership. And I believe, Mark, you just, was this your fourth trip you just took? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. So Mark, just for the fourth time, led a team. Other times it's been a pastors or Mark and I went last summer. But we had a team that went, four of them from our church. And so you're going to hear from them. And then we have a video um, at the end of that. And so um, Mark's going to come first, and then we'll have others come after him. So come on, Mark. All right. Well, we had a, uh, a great week, and we're back. We came back um, really early in the morning on Monday morning. We, we landed at 10 to 5 a.m., and we sat on the runway for about 30 minutes waiting for the gate. So we got there before the gate people did. So we got there early. But um, just through the week, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, from Tripp and Paul and Gina, that's who else went with us, uh, just how, what God did uh, in their minds and, and just their report on what happened. But the week I was thinking about um, Paul's greeting in Philippians, where he's joyful and thankful for their participation in the gospel with him. And just being able to participate uh, together with uh, people from Northside was, was really awesome, uh, participate in sharing the gospel um, with them. And I was thinking about Rebecca and Grayson and their report this morning. And I, I love to go, but I love to hear um, other people go and uh, hear, hear their experiences and go with other people and serve together uh, in participation uh, in partnership with the gospel. So that's pretty cool. And really this was Northside participating in the gospel together. You guys helped fund the trip. You did uh, spaghetti dinner and things like that and, and helped us. And I know you were praying for us and we needed those prayers. And so thank you for that and your encouragement along the way. And even our, like we've said before, our VBS kids um, last summer gave money to raise for these audio Bibles. And I think I've showed you, but this is what they look like. Uh, they are solar powered, so you can, you know, it's pretty good in Ecuador when you're right on the equator, so you don't even have to ba have a battery. So it's pretty neat. And uh, you can, a lot of the adults there don't read. San Mateo, capítulo so it will read the Bible to them. So they can study God's word, hear God's word. Um, uh, but it was cool because we gave them out during the week. We, you know, if we made contact with somebody and they really wanted you know, to read God's word. And, and we'd see them and we would see them uh, throughout the week. They'd have it. A couple of them would have it with them. And that was pretty cool to see. Um, just one story for me. You know, we... Uh, the kids gave a certain amount of money and we were going to purchase these and the company gave them to us at half price so we were able to order double the amount and so we had 40 of these to bring and they came in a box you know the shipping box about yay big and so I just put it like in a duffel bag and I really didn't think anything about it I didn't unload the stuff I just had this big box of stuff and leaving the airport when we got to Ecuador 
they check your bags and kind of, there's military presence there, it's different, it's a South American country and so um, to leave the airport they have to like let you leave. Uh, well they got to look at my bag and they said we need to randomly check your, randomly check your bag. So I gave them my passport and they took me over here and they ran it through the x-ray machine and they said we need you to go in this little room over here. I said okay and so everybody else on the team was out with Johnny and uh, they thought I had cameras for sale. So I had to explain to them what these were and that was fun and um, it was these three officials and two soldiers and this one of the soldiers had my passport and so through the English and Spanish uh, going back and forth we decided I told them they were Bibles they were I wasn't selling them I was giving them away and uh, any, anyway after about 10 minutes and Johnny texted me going is everything okay and I was like it will be but anyway um, they let me go and uh, they just they just didn't realize why I had 40 they thought I was selling them so we're giving them away we're missing you know so I got to tell them a little bit about that and so I felt like I was like smuggling Bibles into Russia or something but <laughs> but but anyway, we gave most of these out. It was really great. Um, Johnny uh, really likes these because when he talks to somebody and they need a Bible and they can't read, this is just the way he can give them the good, the good news and he can stay in contact with them. And so we left the rest of them with him to give. And so I'll let everybody else tell you um, what else happened. I think Paul is coming up next. There we go. Thanks, guys, for letting me go. I was a last-minute add-on. But uh, it's four random points of observation for me. Uh, first, the water. Uh, even the locals don't drink the water there. Uh, everybody's got bottled water. Um, running water is not a given, even where it's installed. It doesn't always stay on. So there's all these tanks on top of the roofs that hold water so that when the water does run, People pump it up on the roof and store it for when the water's not working, then at least you got some kind of shower or running water. And that's if you have running water. So that's a little different. Um, and speaking of plumbing, uh, Mark forgot to mention ahead of time that uh, they don't flush their toilet paper down there. They have trash cans beside the toilet. So thanks, Mark, for not, no heads up there. Uh, the living conditions were... Um, once you got away from the airport, you know, the airport seemed pretty normal. We got to where we were going, and uh, pretty rustic, uh, mostly concrete block construction, um, like they'd never seen a level in their life. And then, uh, nobody had a laser level or plumb bob, they had no such things. That, but, you know, they made it work, and um, mostly block construction with a metal corrugated roof. Um, windows and doors were optional. Um, but away from the highway in the woods, uh, there were more wooden structures up on stilts, kind of like, sort of like beach cottages, but little maybe four by four stilts and uh, swaying a little bit. But, um, and they were made of like rough cut lumber with, you could see right through the cracks in the walls and floors. I'm like, I was concerned about what about insulation? What, you know, what in the world? And I'm thinking, well, you know what? There's no winter here. It doesn't matter. All they need is to keep, a, uh, keep the rain off their heads. That's all. It, it's always 75, 80 degrees or whatever, so they don't need to worry about a cold breeze blowing through. Um, 
But oddly enough, you'd see one of these houses and they'd, they wouldn't have water, but there'd be a, a dish satellite uh, antenna on the side of the house and a flat screen somewhere in that house and maybe a refrigerator. Um, so it wasn't all bad. And they cooked with uh, mostly propane gas and they had, uh, like we have a 20 pound tank of propane. They have a 60 pound tank, so taller than ours. And it only cost about two to three dollars to get that thing refilled. You know, it lasts for months, but it was subsidized by the government, obviously. But I thought, well, gosh, that's pretty good. Um, because at first, you know, you feel feel sorry for them. Gosh, they have nothing. These little ramshackle houses. But like I say, there's no winter. They don't. They have everything they need. There's plenty of food. Well, where we saw that seemed to be plenty of plants growing everywhere and crops and things like that. Um, Third thing I wanted to talk about is preachers. We had four preachers on our trip, and should have had five, but one guy didn't have a passport goof up. But uh, so riding in a van for six hours with four preachers, um, I mean, you might think they'd be aloof and holier than thou, but no, they're all like Aaron. They're 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 uh, they were great. They were really great guys. I was really impressed, and I was able to just, you know, every theological question I ever had, hey, what about this? What about that? You know, and I had four, four preachers to draw from, you know, and, and uh, they were probably thankful when the ride was over. But, um, but I realized that these guys, they were just normal people that were called to go preach the gospel. And um, I was just so impressed, so impressed with these guys. And watching them... Uh, you know, preach with interpreter, and uh, and seeing those people, they were hungry for, for Christ too. I mean, they were, you know, you know, I didn't speak. I'm a monolinguist, and I thought, what good is this going to be for me to go down there? So mostly, I just did construction-related items, painting and sanding, and uh, installed a, some kind of bathroom rails for the, the presidents of the small town. El Presidente, I call him. He was the mayor of the small town, they call him the president. So I thought that was pretty fun. But, so that was a good project. But we handed out little uh, teddy bears with the gospel message on them and, to kids and had a good time doing that. The fourth thing I'll talk about is language. So, like I say, monolinguist. We sing, we go to a, basically an outdoor church service the first night in Spanish. And... Uh, and had really good praise songs, but they're singing them in Spanish. I'm like, well, you know, oh, well, here's a song, here's a songbook, like, but it's in Spanish, you know. And, and it, even reading the words, you can't, you can't hardly keep up. It's so fast, you know. They, you know, if you don't speak Spanish, you can't. But anyway, it was fun to try, very fun to try. But um, I went down there thinking that English speakers had a monopoly on Christianity. I mean, um, I mean, didn't King James write the Bible in 1611 in English, right? I mean, but I realized that um, seeing these guys, people would, would talk, say their testimony and get it interpreted. Seeing these preachers just preaching to young kids that were helping out painting, 